Hey everybody, this is Ruben, and you're listening to Amazing Stories. Burning candles at Ender Wiggins' shrine? You see, there are no candles. But it's three years since the apotheosis when the IF came and took him into the sky in their fiery chariot. You're looking at pictures of him and tears are dropping onto your desk. I do believe it's the holiest day in your calendar. And you, as sensitive as usual, haven't the grace to leave me alone. Win or lose, Ender's never coming home. Someone named Andrew Wigan might return. But he won't be your precious little boy. Whatever you want me to do, this is not how to get me to do it. Ender went off to save the world from the buggers. But that's not the only danger the human race is facing. Found a giant meteor hurtling toward Earth? I believe the Jukes developed their asteroid-busting machine about a hundred years ago. I speak of war. The Formic threat has given us an artificial peace among nations that will not outlast the end of this third Formic war. And you have decided that if Ender is going to save us all from the Formics, you will save us from ourselves. With your help. Let me guess. I'll be your lackey, doing all the ugly, hard, and nasty jobs. But you get to be king. I think the working title is Hegemon. It's an office that already exists. But the moment the Formic Wars are over, every nation on Earth will repudiate the authority of the hegemony. But what they can't do is repudiate the fleet. That's the first interesting thing you've said. The fleet is composed of people from all nations. They can only survive by staying out of any war on the surface of Earth. But there it will remain as a triumphant international force that has the, the power, power to... to do nothing. The power to remind us constantly that once we were united. The office of Hegemon, though, will become empty. Useless, a figurehead. Ah, an office so worthless, they'll give it to you. <laughs> oh, they'll give it to the image that I create. The illusion of a man of peace. A combination of Mahatma Gandhi, Abraham Lincoln, Socrates, Jesus, St. Francis, and John Locke. You're going to create a pseudonymous identity that will personify the ultimate man of peace and wisdom. They will give that empty figurehead office to the persona who exists under the name John Locke. Then it will be my job to fill that empty office with brilliant maneuvering that turns into the power to bring the human race back into unity. A noble vision. It's just a coincidental side effect that this will make you boss of the world. I've been studying how the nets work, who prevails. Not only do I have to sound like an adult, which is very easy, and wise, which is even easier, I also have to become noticed and important, which is nearly impossible to do without showing up in person. Especially when you're a skinny teenager, wrestling with acne, puberty, and bad hair. Four zits a year do not a case of acne make. What do you need me for, Peter? What's the assignment you expect me to waste weeks and months on? I can't create my Locke persona in isolation. The way I will make him important is by creating a second persona to attack him. Ah, you want me to spend my days and weeks attacking you. That sounds interesting. Not attacking me. 
That's just sibling rivalry. You'll be attacking the wise, reasonable, peace-loving Locke. And you'll be doing it as a rabble-rousing, hyper-American nationalist, world's greatest force for good, watch out for the evil Russians, Chinese, Muslims demagogue called... Macbeth. Demosthenes. Nobody even remembers who he was. But the people who will most value Locke will think of Demosthenes as the Athenian who gave endless warnings about the danger posed by Philip of Macedon. Danger which turned out to be real. Only because Demosthenes provoked him and talked the Athenians into resisting him. Because not resisting him would have... Excellent! You're a Demosthenes fan! I believe that history is complicated and nobody's all good or all wrong. Keep that to yourself. When you're making Demosthenes into the most important political demagogue in the world, you'll do it by always being smart but never being reasonable. Saying what a common idiot has in his heart without a trace of your rational nuances. Can you do that? Can I? Yes. Will I? Pardon me. Will I laugh so hard I wet my pants? Demosthenes will make Locke famous by making him the butt of his arguments. Everybody who hates Demosthenes will gravitate toward Locke because Demosthenes attacks him so much. Locke will be my Philip of Macedon. I knew you'd agree. Why don't you just write both sides? Because eventually it will be known who's behind these essays. I can't be both guys or it'll destroy me. Having it be a plot between brother and sister won't be much better. Infinitely better. Especially if Ender does his part and becomes famous in the war. Then we're the brother and sister of the genius war hero. Why do I suspect that Ender and I will both lose and you'll win? No, we all win. The world wins. It's a win, 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 win times a billion. That multiplies out to be considerably more than the population of the world. By the time it all comes together, there'll be a few billion more babies and... Who knows? I may get a significant portion of the Formic vote. No. Never. I will not help you. I'll give you a few topics and you can write me some sample essays. You're on your own. You will do it. Because you know that either the world will be torn apart by terrible wars that kill a billion people, or somebody will unify the world. And of all the ways to unify the world, and of all the people who might do it, my way is the least horrifying. And me as hegemon is the least nightmarish outcome. Not in my nightmares. I've been in your nightmares. And this is what I've seen there. Ender was taken away from us for nothing. You don't understand anything about me. If he beats the Formics, and then the world destroys itself anyway, his sacrifice, your sacrifice of the only sibling you actually love, will have been for nothing. And I'm offering you the only way to make the world war brief and give it a happy ending. So here's your first four essay topics. One, why Russia is the worst danger to world peace. I didn't know you were Russian. Half Polish. Two, how America had the best empire the world ever knew. Three, how the Muslims are planning to take over the international fleet. And four, how the bureaucrats of the hegemony are plotting to take away the last shreds of American independence. Not writing them. You're already thinking about how to write them. Am not. You know my plan will work. It'll work without me. Can't. Demosthenes has to be a different voice. Find someone else. You're the only person in the world who comes close to being as smart as me, that I can trust. But I hate you, Peter. In all honesty, with every molecule in every cell in my body. And that will make your essay so convincing. I wish they had taken you up to battle school. But if they had, Ender's birth would never have been authorized. 
See how complicated it is? I'm responsible for the existence of everything you love and care about. Only because Battle School was smart enough not to want you. See? You live in the best of all possible worlds. Because I'm in it. Why are you going to change it all now, Colonel Graff? Ender's doing very well as a toon leader in Phoenix Army. Useless. Pointless. Petra Arcanian is a pretty good commander, so he's wasting his time. The system is working the way it's supposed no, to. No, it isn't. Because once the starships start decelerating from near light speed, you can plan down to the minute when they'll be going slow enough to attack. Are you telling me that the ships have decelerated enough to be detectable? That information, if I had it, would be so classified that if I ate it, I'd have to cut off my butt before the information got there. You have a gift for finding the perfect metaphor. Are you saying that you're going to advance Ender to command at a ridiculously young age because that's the only way he'll be ready in time to command the fleet when the fighting begins? What an interesting speculation. Major Anderson, whether it's true or not, getting you to believe it is how he's going to persuade you to let him have his way without protest. She has a doctorate in psychology. <sighs> it's only coincidence that I arrived in time for your meeting with Colonel Graff. I actually came here for another reason. But I think you'll actually want to see it, too. See what? Ender went back to the mind game. I thought after the snake kept killing him in the tower room, he gave up on the game. He did. But as you pointed out, he's really just marking time. He has a good commander. He's a good toon leader. He's still the top soldier in the standings. And while Bonzo and his thugs still hate him, he has the respect of most kids in battle school. He's bored. So he went back to that little kid's game? Let me show you. Notice that the game starts him back at the giant's dead body. Everybody else still gets the giant's drink, but Ender gets this huge, desiccated skeleton, overgrown with lichens, moss, and vines. <laughs> it's actually kind of cool, in a vaguely sickening way. Archaeologically correct. Where the children turned into wolves, we now have dwarves chipping blocks of stone into statues of playing children. And inside the cave, Dwarves are chipping all the stalactites into statues of wolves. Is this supposed to mean something? It means that the mind game is insane. <laughs> I assume none of this even resembles anything anybody ever programmed into it. So he comes to the end of the world, that huge leap, and the clouds still catch him and whisk him to the tower room in that castle. And there's the rug that turns into the snake. He isn't fighting it. He's hugging it. Which makes it so the snake can't bend its neck around to bite him. It's as if he worked on it for three years and finally came up with a solution. And so what? He strangles the snake? Just watch. Ouch! Broke its neck. But it's not dead yet. Watch. Grinding it into the stone floor. Why do the graphics have so much blood? Keep watching. He grabs the crushed head and shakes it, and the whole rug unravels, and now he drags the snake around the room looking for something. 
tie the snake to the bed, toss one end out the window, and climb down it like Rapunzel's hair. The tower is far too tall. He stops in front of the mirror. He's looking into the mirror. And now the hollow display rotates around so Ender can see into the mirror. Ender didn't issue a command to do that. The game did it by itself so it could show him. Zooming in on the mirror. Ender isn't doing that either. Let me pause it now so you can see. The mirror isn't reflecting the mouse. Who is it reflecting? Ender? Not Ender. Peter Wigan. Ender's older brother. What do you think Ender will do? Unpause the vid. I hate guessing. He's throwing everything at the mirror and nothing breaks it. And now he whips the mirror with the head of the dead snake. It breaks. And dozens of tiny snakes pour out of the hole where the mirror used to be. And Ender's mouse avatar dies twitching under a heap of little serpents. Oh, it's like Freud or Jung went apeshit on this kid. What does Peter Wigan mean to Ender? Ender's worst fear is that he's as violent and cruel as his older brother. So... Looking into the mirror and seeing Peter... It's just what the sign said. It's the end of the world. Then he shut down the desk and went to sleep. I thought we blocked his access to the mind game. We did, but it turned out not to be necessary because after only one try, he never attempted to play it again until now. And the operating system let him in. Once again, the tech teams are all trying to figure out how the program got around the blocks because it's not possible... And Ender didn't do anything special. He just found an old icon for the game and tapped it. On the plus side, it's clear the game thinks Ender is something special. It's more than that, sir. Peter Wiggins' picture isn't in the system. It has to be. He'd be in the old footage from all the surveillance of Ender back it's when... It's not a picture of how Peter looked then. It's a picture of how he looks now. Is somebody trying to sabotage this boy? Is somebody hacking the IF's whole system and planting psycho bombs for Ender to trip on and obliterate his identity? I don't know what he'll do now, if he'll ever play again. But whether he does or not, that image is now implanted in his brain. He looks into a mirror, and Peter looks back at him. He can't unsee that now. I can think of only one antidote. The sister. No. I'm not bringing her up here. I'm not letting her even talk to him. We don't need him thinking about his family, and especially not Valentine. His mind is already on his family, filling him with self-loathing. Valentine was always his protection against Peter. I am not bringing a distraction of that magnitude into Ender's life. The mind game has already brought a much larger distraction. First, he has to embrace the snake. Then he has to crush the snake. Then he sees his worst moral nightmare in the mirror, and he uses the snake to break the mirror. And then he dies, covered in little vipers. Sometimes a snake is only a snake. What's with the soldiers? 
If it was a bomb threat, they wouldn't be letting us in the school. It looks like they're just... waiting. The blue uniforms. Is this the Civil War again? Are we going to have a reenactment? Maybe the ones in gray are on the other side of the school. That's the IF uniform. The Marines, actually. Are they recruiting middle schoolers now? You forgot to turn off your phone, and now the teacher is going to confiscate it. You forgot to turn off your phone, and now the teacher's going to confiscate it. I will never get used to your ringtone, Valentine. It's a text. I'm supposed to go to the principal's office. <gasps> trouble. You're trouble. pregnant and didn't tell us? Yeah. The principal is always the first to know. You had a monitor as a little kid, right? Genius girl and all that. Maybe they changed their minds, and they're here to take you after all. Ooh. You're not Dr. Lineberry. Would you be so good as to close the door? If Ender were dead, you'd be talking to my parents, not to me. Ender is in good health. The Commandant of Battle School himself comes to Earth at great expense, and has me called into the principal's office so we can chat. I see your powers of observation remain keen. You've had Ender continuously for three years, and he wore the monitor his whole life till then. You can't be coming to me for information. So, you want me to do something, to control Ender in some way? The answer is no. Take a walk with me, Valentine. Since there's nothing more to say... Everything said in the principal's office is recorded, even if you switch it off. So what I just said is on the record? Yes. Excellent. Come outside with me. We need you to help, Ender. By help, you mean manipulate. Do you make all your judgments based solely on prejudice without bothering to gather any data? Help him do what? I wish we knew. Oh, this is a biblical moment. The king has an important dream, only he forgets what it was, so he tells his wise men to interpret this forgotten dream or die. Then the captive Jewish prophet tells him the dream, which makes no sense, but he explains it. You think I'm Daniel. You want me to interpret the dream you can't remember. You struck closer to the mark than you knew. There's a computer game the younger children play. It adapts to each child. They do therapy games like that with us, and we always try to act as crazy as possible. With Ender, the game reprogrammed itself in a big way. Huge sequences that are completely out of our control. And when we try to block his access, the game finds a way to pop back up. You've been hacked, Mac. The game is still working. It showed Ender's avatar, a large mouse in case that matters, a mirror. And when he looked in the mirror, the game showed him the face of Peter Wigan. That's not therapy. That's like an attack on Ender. That's how it looked to us. Ender started breaking things in the game. And then the game found a way to kill him in the game. And now he doesn't play it anymore, and in fact, he seems to have lost interest in his education. Here's an idea. Don't tell him that he's just like Peter. That's like the worst thing in the world to him. Surprising as it may seem, we do know that. 
since we heard every conversation he ever had with you. You and your program really screwed up. Will you help us? Yeah. Free advice. Erase that program. It can't be erased. We tried. Besides, we're not asking for your advice. We're asking for you to provide Ender with something. Oh, I get it. Your game showed him the devil, and now you want to show him the angel, and you think that's me. In Ender's personal symbology, yes. So show him old footage of him and me together. That wouldn't be enough. Then let us talk by holophone. There are profound reasons why we allow no real-time contact between children in battle school and their families. What do you want? I want you to write him a letter. I wrote him a hundred letters. He never answered. He never got them. So show him one of them. Or, here's a thought, all of them. You were younger then, and there was a lot of talk about how much you missed him. I wasn't writing to you. You weren't going to deliver them, so what gave you the right... Our behavior violates all the standard norms of social interaction, and we make colossal mistakes. We broke him a little. Help fix him. Promise you won't cut anything I write? I won't promise any such thing. Then I won't do it. We'll have an expert write it for you then, using bits from your previous letters. If you thought that would work, you would already have done it and saved yourself the trip. We won't cut your letter. You're lying, aren't you? Don't write anything we have to cut, and then it won't be a lie. Ender, would you do me a favor and read your mail? Anything that matters, they'll tell me to my face. I got a forthwith from Graf telling me to tell you to read your Amasin mail. So read your Amasin mail, Wigan! <laughs> right this second, sir. Go get chiseled, soldier! <sighs> Grias, Gafno, Yiffa, Doodoo, Valentine. Ander, the bastards wouldn't put any of my letters through till now. I must have written a hundred times, but you must have thought I never did. Well, I did. I haven't forgotten you. I remember your birthday. I remember everything. Some people might think that because you're a soldier, you are now a cruel and hard person who likes to hurt people, like the Marines and the Vids. But I know that isn't true. You are nothing like you-know-who. He's nicer-seeming, but he's still a slum-bitch inside. Maybe you seem mean, but it won't fool me. Still paddling the old canoe. All my love, turkey lips. Val. Don't write back. They'll probably psychoanalyze your letter. Come to my quarters, please, Ender. You were crying in there. It's scaring the other children. I know you've been depressed. They think I'm depressed, so they let me have a letter from my sister. Togoro! Or is that good? They're manipulating me, but the letter's real. They made her write it, but she wrote it from the heart, and 
And it got to you. When it comes to conniving and manipulating, Colonel Graff's pretty much gold medal Olympic level. So the letter worked. <sighs> She still loves me. Stay here in my quarters till you're done. I'm gonna go yell at some of the children. Valentine, thank you for coming in. Oh, I had a choice? Can't you simply cooperate with the normal social niceties? I wish I knew how, sir. I have a letter for you. You have to read it here in my office in my presence, but not aloud. Dear Valentine, we thank and commend you for your efforts on behalf of our struggle for survival. You have been awarded the Star of the Order of the League of Humanity First Class, which is the highest military award that can be given to a civilian. Unfortunately, IF security forbids us to make this award public until after the successful conclusion of current operations but we want you to know that your efforts resulted in complete success. Sincerely, General Shimon Levy, Strategos. Have you read it through? Twice. I was instructed to have you read it and then destroy it. Was it good or bad news? I sold my brother, and they paid me for it. You lead such a dramatic life, Valentine. Naming things for what they are isn't dramatic, only unusual. May I go back to class? Please do. You brighten everyone's life, wherever you go. As you brighten mine. Whew. How did you come up with this roster for Ender's Army? Don't you think I did a fine job? It's as fine a collection of misfits, rebels, ne'er-do-wells, slackers, and geeks as has ever been assembled in one place. They all made it into battle school. This list is dated several months ago. The fact that you're handing it to me now suggests that you might want me to issue the orders to bring this army into being. I suppose so. <laughs> it has to be an order, Colonel Graf. Armies don't move because a commander says, I suppose it's time to attack. I'm not a commander. 
I nurture little children and fill their minds with wisdom and delight. <laughs> Hiram, I was a pain in the ass with all my skepticism. But everything worked just as you predicted. The last few weeks, Ender's even been... Happy? Content. His mind is keen. His play is excellent. Young as he is, we've never had a boy better prepared for command. Usually they go at eleven, but at nine and a half, he's top flight. For a moment there, it occurred to me to wonder what kind of man would heal a broken child of some of his hurt just so he could throw him back into battle again. A little private moral dilemma. Please overlook it. I was tired. Saving the world, remember? Call him in and then cut the orders for everyone else. We're doing what must be done, Hiram. You're eager, aren't you? You're dying to see how he handles all those rigged games I had you plan out. Eager? That's a pretty low thing. After all these years together, you're surprised that I go for the low blow? Come on. We're both the scum of the earth. I'm dying to see how he handles them, too. After all, our lives depend on his doing very, very well, nay? <laughs> You're not starting to use the boys' slang, are you? Call him in. I'll dump the roster and his soldiers' individual records into his desk and give him his hook and security clearance. What we're doing to him isn't all bad, you know. He gets his privacy again. Isolation, you mean? The loneliness of power. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I hope you had a nice time being happy, Hender. It might be the last time in your life. Your dear Uncle Hiram has plans for you. Your quarters. Only your palm will open the door. Inside, your voice command opens it. We're off by ourselves in this level. There was a time when battle school had more students and more armies. Then we raised the standards, about 15 years ago. I've never heard of Dragon Army. That's because there hasn't been a Dragon Army in four years. We discontinued the name because there was a superstition about it. No Dragon Army in the history of battle school ever won even a third of its games. It got to be a joke. Why are you reviving it now? We had all those gray and orange uniforms. Here's your hook. It controls the location of all your army's flash suits in the battle room. It only works during your regularly scheduled practices. I assume Major Anderson gave you all the tokens of authority? I hear that commanders get an extra minute of hot water in the showers. Commanders don't need to shower because their sweat doesn't stink. I was perfectly happy to wait till I was the regular age. What gave you the idea that I care whether anyone's happy? We've conjured up an army for you by advancing an entire launch early and delaying the graduation of some graduating students. The ones that don't seem to be getting their adolescent growth spurt. I've always wondered why everybody's out of here before they hit puberty. We don't want a bunch of two-meter athletes bashing around in the battle room. 
None of the soldiers on this roster is above the 25th percentile in the standings. Nevertheless, I think you'll be pleased with the quality of your soldiers. It doesn't matter either way, though, because we're forbidding you to transfer any of them. No trades? And, er, uh, think. You've been conducting your little practice sessions for three years. You have a following of loyal disciples. Many good soldiers would put unfair pressure on their commanders to trade them into your army. So you excluded from Dragon Army anyone who ever practiced with me? All our first-time commanders have been given soldiers they never practiced with before. But I have it on very good authority that with the right commander, these soldiers have potential. What if I have a soldier I can't get along with? Get along with him. Major Anderson would love to have a commander he agrees with more often, but we do our jobs. So I'm a commander, but with limitations no other commander has to deal with. Nobody ever behaved like you prior to getting his first army. We adapted to the reality you created. Did you open that door? Your army is assembling. Don't you want to go meet them? I got here first. I'm older. Are you commander? Then you're being older. Is it worth half a liter of Cuso? It's him. And a wig. He's so small. Really young. He's not so much. I just undid all your bunk choices. In Dragon Army, the youngest soldiers bunk close to the door, veterans to the rear. I just put the roster in order of age on your desks. Work it out. Mm. Every commander has to find some new way to piff the system. Find your bunk, put on your flash suit, and assemble in the corridor. I give him a week before he's as lazy as everybody else. He can hear you. No, he can't. Yes, I can. Ordinarily, we'll be on the morning schedule, straight to practice after breakfast. Today, I have you all afternoon. My flash suit doesn't fit. You haven't tried it on. Look at me. I'm smaller than you. Flash suits never fit. Make do. They have to give me a special one, and you just assigned me a bunk that doesn't have Look it. Look at how much time you just spent talking when you could have been obeying my order. Out in the corridor, now! I'm naked! And still talking. Corridor, now! Three minutes from first call to running out the door. That's the rule this week. Next week, the rule is two minutes. Like it makes a difference. Some of you act as if you have to figure out how to get dressed each time, as if you'd never done it before. Are you saying we should practice dressing ourselves? We're a lot farther from the gate than any other army. Do you want the other army to always be inside the battle room when we get there? Practice getting dressed so you never make us late. Now, let's go. You can't run and put on your clothes at the same time. Carry your flash suit and finish dressing inside the battle room. We can't get through the gate until our flash suits are on. If I leave the gate open, you can hear while you finish dressing. Didn't you notice that we're all running to the battle room? Sorry, sir. Why are so many of you out of breath? The gravity's higher at this level. That will make us stronger if you run everywhere all the time. Is that an order? I don't have the authority to issue such an order, but I'll know who's following my suggestion by seeing who's always out of breath the way you are right now. I have enough breath to talk. You have enough oxygen either to think or to talk. It's clear which one you chose. <laughs> if you have enough breath to laugh, you can do ceiling taps. 
If I can do it at my height, you can do it. Except you. Oh, yeah? <laughs> you didn't come close. He came way closer than if he didn't try. Like you. What an impressive group of dragons. Why are you upside down, soldier? Uh, sorry, sir, I... Hold still, all of you. I said, why are you upside down? Can't tell the orientation of thing. I don't... I Nobody has a theory about why you all have your feet in the air and your heads toward the floor? That's not the floor, sir. Isn't it? Why are you so sure? Out in the corridor, the floor was... Are you in the corridor? In the corridor, you all knew where the floor was because it was down. Which way is down here? We're in zero-G. We fight in zero-G. In freefall. Not in the corridor. So when Dragon Army comes through that gate, you leave station gravity behind you, out there. In here, where is down? There is no down, sir? The human brain can't function without the concept of down. And we all need to be able to communicate about directions. That's why we hold on to corridor gravity. You hold on to corridor gravity because you're lazy and you're not thinking. In Dragon Army, down is toward the enemy. Do you understand? The enemy's gate is down. Cool. Sugoro. Makana. The enemy's gate is always pulling at you like gravity. The currents of air all flow downward toward the enemy's gate, and you orient yourselves so your feet are pointed toward the enemy's gate. You remember corridor gravity as south. There's north, east, west, but up is toward your own gate, and down is... Toward, toward the, the enemy's gate. gate! All right, everybody, form up on the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Kuso! Oh, I piffed! You umes! Dollbacks! Dollbobs! You made a mistake, now fix it. Get in place. You, which way is down? Toward the enemy gate. Name, kid? This soldier's name is Bean, sir! Get that for size or brains? The size of his kintamas. None of us has hit puberty, bunduck. We all have tiny Kintamas. <laughs> In the old days, you had 10, 20 seconds to size things up at the gate. But now you have to stream out the gate the second you arrive, or the enemy will already be halfway up the room, and you'll get frozen as you come through. Now, what happens if you're frozen? Can't move. Helpless. Paralyzed. That's what frozen means. But what happens to you? You keep going in the direction you started in, at the speed you were going when you were flashed. Then you bounce off the first wall you hit and start to spin. Right. You five on the end, move. The next five, move. Where to? Where? How? Now? How many do I have to freeze before somebody obeys my order? You five, move. The five who moved are now demonstrating my point, moving toward the walls at the speed they were going. They're going to bounce around down there toward the enemy's gate. But the ten of you, your commander ordered you to move, and because I didn't tell you where to move, and I didn't specify to move now instead of tomorrow afternoon, here you are, clustered around your starting point, getting in the way of your own army. While the hook is bringing those soldiers back, would someone like to summarize what I just taught you about the way Dragon Army works? No volunteers? 
I'm betting Bean can do it. Can you? The enemy's gate is down, so we keep our feet pointed that way, so if we're hit, the enemy freezes our legs, not our bodies. When we're ordered to move, we obey instantly. When we start a game, we fling ourselves out of the gate in a downward direction, so that if we're frozen, we clutter up the enemy's gate area and not our own. And our commander likes to humiliate anyone who makes a mistake. <laughs> Does anybody have anything to add to Bean's summary? Maybe we should subtract the sarcasm? Bean wasn't sarcastic. He was accurate. I want you to feel embarrassed if you make a mistake. If you aren't ashamed of errors, you'll keep making them. You'll learn nothing. I'm glad I have one soldier, at least, who not only understands what I say, but how I say it and why I say it. This is supposed to be a school full of geniuses, but Bean's the only one smart enough not to be ashamed to know the answer and say it. What's wrong with the rest of you? Why weren't you eager to say the answer? We were afraid we'd be wrong and you'd embarrass In us. In real combat, if you speak up, if you act instantly, you might get embarrassed because you're wrong, but if you just stand there saying nothing, doing nothing, asking nothing because you were afraid of getting embarrassed... Not only will you die, you'll get other people killed too. Killed! So yes, I use embarrassment as a tool to help you remember, but there is something worse than embarrassment, and that's death! Failure! If you aren't willing to be embarrassed over and over again by trying things, by speaking up, then you will learn nothing. And when you leave this safe little cocoon and go out to where the Formics are trying to kill you, you will die! Because you're so afraid of getting embarrassed. It's just a game. Hmm. What was that? Are you ashamed to speak loudly enough for us to hear? I said it's just a game. This is a game. So we can learn how to work together in an army. Give and take orders. Think tactically and strategically. Practice with the intensity of competition. But there are no spectators. This isn't an exhibition. People don't buy tickets to watch us. We aren't athletes or actors. We're soldiers. Because we're going to take what we learn here and use it to kill the enemy and prevent the enemy from killing us. If you ever forget that and act like this is just a game, then you should be iced and sent back to Earth because you're wasting space up here. Don't ever forget that we're preparing for war. Are you embarrassed for saying that it was just a game? Yes, sir. And yet you provided me with a chance to make a speech I was dying to give. So it was useful, eh? Eh. An ume, but a useful one. <laughs> Bean is the smallest of you, and the youngest. But he's also the one who's least afraid to speak up. He thinks he's smarter than me, and he lets it show, but if he's got the brains to back it up, then that's fine with me. I don't have to be the smartest soldier in my army, as long as I'm smart enough to listen to the ones who are smarter than me. I don't know everything, but I know something. 
And so you will listen to me and practice what I tell you to practice and pretend to care about what I tell you to care about. And if you think I'm missing something, you'll tell me. Even if you think you might embarrass yourself by saying something stupid. You've already made that point, sir. Can we get past the talking part of this practice? <gasps> Bean, let's see you do precision dives. From each corner to the opposite one, both directions. That's eight jumps. Now! While the man of action makes his mighty leaps, I will tell the rest of you what we're going to practice. It's not enough to have your legs below you. They don't make enough of a shield. So we're going to practice rotating so our legs are toward the enemy, then pulling our legs up in kneeling position and flashing ourselves. Why would I have you practice doing that? Are you embarrassed to guess? Do we have to wait till Bean comes back to explain it? If we're in kneeling position, our legs shield our bodies better. And if we freeze our own legs, then they go dark so we're less visible. And frozen legs hold their own position so we don't have to work at keeping our legs that way. Right, right, and right. How many of you understood that? No, don't lie! I really mean how many of you had already thought of those things before they said them? I... Didn't even think of the thing I said until they'd already said the things they said. Ah, so one person talking helped another person think better. Do you think that might be a general principle? Do you think that the more we guess and think and imagine and say, the better we'll all get at thinking up new stuff to try? Oh, look, here comes Bean again. How lucky that he was already through listening to me. Look at how much more practice he's getting. <laughs> All right, everybody flip yourselves down toward the enemy gate, and once you're going, tuck your legs and flash them, and see what goes wrong so you can do it better next time. And try not to bump into Bean. Move! I'm spinning! Kuso, I can't even flash my own legs. Good practice, sir. Good moves. Tough practice, Ender. So, girl. Dragon Army's gonna slither. Hit the showers before dinner. You all stink. <laughs> oh, Ender. Hobie. I know what you're doing, and I warn you. You were doing fine until you tried to undermine my authority. You were repeating yourself. And how many times do you think I should repeat myself when I can see that most of my army still doesn't understand? Could you see their faces? Were you in a position to make a valid judgment about when I should stop talking? You're just like everyone else. Ashamed to admit when you were wrong. What about you? Do you admit when you're wrong? I admit I was wrong when I thought you were the best of my soldiers. You were not wrong. No, Bean. You're the worst of my soldiers. Because you think you understand everything when you only understand one tiny little part. I made one mistake. You tried to undercut my authority. Do that in war, and the structure breaks down and everybody dies. Am I right? Yes, sir. You're right, and I was wrong. Go wash off the stink of sweat. But you were wrong to hold me up to ridicule before I blew it. From the start, Poor you bean. were on me. Poor little bean. I can be your best soldier, or I can be your worst. 
When you finally figure out what battle school is for, Bean, you'll be ashamed for having said something that... stupid. Get out of my sight. You're not good enough to be in my army. I'm the best in this army! Your army. There has been a rule change, Ender. From now on, only members of the same army may work together in the battle room during free time. Therefore, battle rooms are available only on a scheduled basis. Nobody else is holding extra practices. Now that you command a rival army, the other commanders don't want their boys practicing with you. Surely you can understand that. So they'll conduct their own extra practices. Or do without. You gave me a green army, Major Anderson. Many of them are veterans. None of them mastered the art of taking orders and moving together for a common purpose. Nobody gets here without being brilliant, Ender. If they've never responded well to the training offered them by other commanders, it's your opportunity to train them effectively. That's what I intend to do, but I was going to rely on Shen and Ally to... You don't need your launch buddies to hold your hand. Oh, Ender. You heard about the policy change? Mm, you're big time now. Can't play with the little boys. Uh, you're a full cubit taller than I am. Cubit? <laughs> Has God been telling you to build a boat? <laughs> I miss you already, you circumcised dog. When we meet in combat, Othello will whip your half-pole jopa. I taught you everything you know. But I didn't teach you everything I know. Mm, always knew you were holding something back. I wasn't, though. Holding back. Neither was I. Salam, Alai. Between us always, ne? Eh. Anderson told me I should speak to you about this schedule of battles for Dragon Army. I assume you're not enthusiastic about it? Dragon Army has only been together for three and a half weeks. We've never given a commander his first battle earlier than three months. And then at least two weeks between battles. We don't have two years to give Ender the experience he needs. So you compress it all into a year. What if he's too burned out to continue? Our computer simulations say not. Computer simulations of the human psyche are worth less than a coin flip. We'll see what Ender does under this level of pressure. Because it's nothing compared to the stress of actual combat. Well, I'll be working on how to pick up the pieces after he breaks. Ender isn't the only basket we can put our eggs in. Now? You believe in Bean? Bean is a better strategist than Ender, and as good a tactician. It might make up for the fact that nobody can stand working with him. Maybe before he breaks, Ender will teach Bean something about command. I'd rather that Ender not break. 
lighten the schedule. We'll see how he does. Wake up, dragons. What is it? It's 5.30. Give me back my dream. We have a battle with Rabbit Army at 0700. I want us warmed up in gravity and ready to go. Get to the gym, but bring your flash suit so we can go to the battle room from there. What about breakfast? I don't want anybody puking in the battle room. You think we're scared? I think you might get frozen and ram your Kintamas into the corner of a star. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Everybody else jumps right through the gate. Why do we wait? Hanzu. No use jumping till we know where we're going. Everybody else has four tunes of ten. We have five tunes of four. Why? Tom? <laughs> they won't be looking for the extra tune. Bean? Fifth tune is also an active reserve. Which way is the enemy gate? Down. Four points of the compass to the near stars. C tune slide the east wall. If it works, A and E follow fast to exploit. I'm with D. Move. Geronimo! Sorry, Ender, I'll remind him that dragons are silent in battle. I know you will. They didn't notice C. I'll make noise here. You attack around the wall side. Die, you bunny rabbits! Die! C and E have punched through. A is engaged. Let's move. No sound but our flash guns. Go! It's over. It's over and we won. Our first battle and we won? Victory to Dragon Army. They had more soldiers than we did. They did not. I counted five tunes. Of eight. You can't have more than four tune leaders. No such rule. Dragon Army won their first battle and only 29 seconds more than the record. Take it like a man, Karn Carby. Dragon Commander, present yourself at the gate. Tune leaders, four corners. C-Tune punches through. You're not gonna punch through yourself, Commander? No such rule, sir. Dragons, you have 15 minutes for breakfast, then meet in the battle room for the rest of the morning practice. Aww. They just fought a battle. We need to learn from mistakes while we still remember. You have my permission to throw food. <laughs> at each other only. What are you doing here, Ender? Eating breakfast. Join me? You won your battle, Bunduk. You eat in the commander's mess now. Oh. I... didn't think. Smart enough to win, too dumb to live. I love you too, Shen. Good show, Ender. Normally the others stand and applaud when a new commander comes in. But you're not supposed to make it on your first battle. They're not even looking at me. Umei, they're looking at nothing else. They're just not facing you. Karn Carby's alone at his table. He's being shunned because he lost to a first-timer. No, don't sit with him. Everybody will think you're gloating. <sighs> Whole new culture in here. Every move you make is about status. Notice the standings. Oh. Dragon is number one. You've won a hundred percent of your games. Not a good way for me to make friends. Don't worry. 
first time you play me, you'll get one in your loss column. What was happening with marksmanship? Half of you were under 50%, and 15 of you didn't even injure anybody. There are 40 of them and 40 of us. Anybody gets two, somebody else gets none. <laughs> Every one of them was frozen and only 12 of us. And 10 of us didn't even lose an arm or a leg. Are you telling me that you think you did well? We chiseled them. We won our first game, sir. But aren't we going to win all our games? Dragon! 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 Let him yell, sir. We fight silent. Gotta shout sometime. I hope the Formix here. Hey, Karn. You don't belong in the commander's mess. Did you hear me? Everybody hears you, Bonzo. Not talking to you, Paul. I'm talking to the moose that just lost to a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Laugh all you want. You haven't fought him yet. That's right. See what happens when he faces Salamander. Can't wait for you to show him what's what. <laughs> you think I won't? I think after Ender fights a few more battles, I won't be eating alone. <laughs> Where do you think Ender Wigan is, dull bobs? Practicing. Or off somewhere by himself, planning how to chisel us all like Grimm's. I'm not gonna miss any meals because Wigan gives me miedo. Then when you lose, you're gonna lose fast. You think you're better than me, Paul Slattery? I'm a match for Wigan. More than any of you. I'll fold him. I got his haba in my eyes. It's a game, Bonsai. Don't get so angry. Sokonoki. I puddle him. Ain't gonna puddle nobody, Sabik. I am Sabik. You all gonna see that. Wigan's a white rabbit you all scared of. That boy's crazy. Three years in here, Bonzo never on top. So, Wigan being on top drives Bones so... I think we gotta watch out for Wigan outside the game. You think Bones so might... Haba, puddle, fold. I don't like how Bonzo keeps talking about Ender's death. Oh, look. Ender is having supper after all. Ender, welcome to the Commander's Mess. Come sit with me. Thank you. Glad to. <laughs> he may not be much of a commander, but Karn Carby's got class. Hope it doesn't cause you too much harm, sitting with me. They believe the only way you won is because I'm the worst dollback ever piffed a game. You did fine. <laughs> All I ask is that you crush the life out of the next few armies. Make me look better. <laughs> I'll try. Just for you. I think we've been worried about the wrong thing. Ender and his army getting tired with games every two weeks? That's nothing. It's not nothing, Major Anderson. They're all sleeping badly, not getting enough exercise. They have no downtime. Yes, Major Jayadi, all of that. But Petra Arcanian came to me and pointed out something far more dangerous. Bonzo Madrid is tracking Ender Wigan. What do you mean? He has a network of soldiers who watch to see where Ender goes, his routine. How did we miss this? Bonzo's not stupid, but Petra noticed that Bonzo stopped taunting Ender openly. She didn't believe he had really backed off, so she saw how kids in salamander uniforms, but plenty from other armies too, Ender passes them by, 
and they always look at the time. They don't say anything, but they notice the time. You looked back through the security vids. Petro is right. They all meet with Bonzo, speak to him. He writes something down. What's the point of it? Why? You're too nice a person, Major Jayadi. Bonzo is looking for times when Ender is alone. But Petra told me that she and a bunch of Ender's friends from his free training group are making sure he's never alone, except behind a door that only his palm can open. We're talking about planning for a war outside the battle room? Maybe a war. More likely an assassination. No! These are children! Children chosen because they have a talent for war. Because they hate to lose. And Bonzo, it goes beyond that. He can't bear to be shamed. And the fact that Ender still hasn't been defeated is a constant slap in the face. Which shames everybody. No. Everybody else is in awe. They aren't ashamed of losing to Ender, because everybody does. Only Bonzo takes it as a personal insult. In Bonzo's culture, in his family, insults and shame are not bearable. Oh. I should have seen this. Nobody's ever been this angry before. Somebody always calms them down, brings them back to reality. But Bonzo surrounded himself with conspirators. They egg each other on. They're waiting for the Ides of March. Not murder. The conspirators are saying things like, teach him a lesson, put him in his place, show him what's what. But Bonzo's using a different vocabulary. All kinds of battle talk for kill, destroy, wreck. I have to think about this. I have to... We've never had Ender go head-to-head -head with Bonzo. But that game is coming. How heavily is it stocked against Ender? This is the one where we notify the opponent 20 minutes before we notify Ender. So Dragon Army gets there with the gate already open and the enemy already inside. No stars. No place to hide. Well, that's impossible. We've put Ender into several impossible situations before. Difficult, not impossible. So you think Ender will lose? He's not learning enough from victory. He needs a defeat. Colonel Graf, Ender reacts to victories as if they were defeats. He trains harder. He has his toon leaders, his soldiers, work on plans for how they would have played the other army's situation. How could they have beaten us? Ender is teaching every soldier in his army to think creatively, brilliantly. He's turning them all into commanders, but nobody's challenging Ender. Except Ender himself. It's why we keep tilting the games farther and farther against him. If Bonzo wins, then he doesn't have any more need to harm Ender. Nay? Or victory makes them all the more confident of his success. I don't know. Bonzo's sense of honor doesn't keep him from being a bully, but he still has that sense of honor. And what if Ender finds a way to win? Be realistic. What if Bonzo finds a way to lose? He won't be thinking clearly. When he knows he's up against Dragon Army, his blood will be up. He's dangerously impulsive and eager, then. What have I set in motion? Promote Bonzo now. Send him on. He's old enough. Puberty's already setting in. He's growing. He's too big. Time for him to go. Do you think Ender won't notice that Bonzo was promoted without ever facing him in battle? Everybody will notice. But so what? 
If Ender's so important to the war effort, we can't afford to lose him. But we can never let him think that anybody will intervene to save him. Ever. Why is that the one unbreakable rule? It's not my rule. Whose rule is it? Someone with more authority than me. But I think he's right. I believe it to my soul. But I realize now I should have let him face Bonzo in a second or third game, and then graduated Bonzo right out of here. Get it over with before Bonzo worked up this plot. Let's go back in time and make that happen. Let's fold that rule about never intervening. We need this boy alive. No, we need him to be the best commander he can be. And alive, uninjured. Victorious, without help. What are we doing? Petra warned us. Are we just going to stand by and do nothing? God help us. That is Graf's entire plan. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to join us tomorrow for yet another amazing story.